Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Right, we are back on Talking Comics, and of course, I'm here with Steve and Bob again. But joining us is writer of Gifted and JL8, a webcomic, Mr. Yale Stewart. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. So, uh, starting off, uh, I follow you on Twitter, and you've complained a lot about Yahoo in recent days. Uh, <laughs> have you switched yet? I'm too lazy to switch. <laughs> So you're sticking with Yahoo, even though they're, they're, you're not liking what they're putting out there. I mean, the only real news I care about is like sports and stuff, which right. I go to like my local mm. news sites for. Okay. And I mean, you know, Yahoo. Like every once in a while, you'll find something like a nugget on Yahoo. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what sports are you into? Yeah. Well, I'm from St. Louis, so uh, baseball is pretty much king. Yeah, I bet. I mean, like, I, I enjoy most sports, but, I mean, yeah, baseball here is, like, you know, the South and college football or Canada and hockey. It's just kind of like a, a way of life. Mm. So if if I had to choose one, it, it would be baseball. But, I mean, I, I like everything from, you know, football to hockey to tennis and stuff. Well, what chances are you giving your Cardinals this year? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> there've already been some pretty serious injuries, mm-hmm. and spring training's been kind of wonky because we've got Beltron and Yachty are both playing in the World Baseball Classic. So, like, it's not like we've been trotting out our, you know, kind of like A squad to the games, right? But uh. I feel like it's pretty up in the air, which is a strange feeling because not only is baseball king here, but we do a pretty good job about it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm not really used to a whole lot of uncertainty right, when it yeah. comes to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, either way, I'm going to be at the stadium going to games, but hopefully it's not going to take years off my life in terms of stress. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, look, losing Carpenter hurts, but you're you're still in good shape in that division. Cincinnati yeah, will be tough, yeah, but I mean the division. Well, but now we don't have the Astros to just beat up on. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Gone. That's right. They to, to to pad our to pad our win total, and I mean the Pirates have got to come around eventually mm. with all their young talent. Yeah. Like they keep eking closer and closer to finally finishing above five hundred. Yeah, they get to or, August and collapse. Yeah, they collapsed <laughs> last year. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I have faith that eventually they're going to find a way to put all that together. And then, I mean, the Brewers are always a threat, and the Reds are no joke. Although a lot of people are kind of talking about, like, the only reason they had it, the season that they did last year was because, like, everyone on their team pretty much had, like, a career season. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, to not 
make it to the postseason is kind of that's like not even an option. <laughs> but. Hey, look, uh, look at it this way. My friends here know I'm a San Francisco Giants fan because my dad was a New York Giants fan. Oh, you can. I go way back. Yeah. So I'm. it's been good I, lately. I, I'm hang this phone up right now. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I until two years ago, I had never seen my team win the World Series in my lifetime. And I'm not young. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you have a year off in the playoffs, it's not so bad. But I think you'll be there. Yeah, we'll see. I feel really bad. Like when when we won the World Series in '11, I remember reading an article that like it was some old lady's dying wish for the Rangers to win the series because <laughs> they'd never won before. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Oh man, that really sucks." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of. But at the same time, I'm sure that there was somebody here in St. Louis that was like, "I just want to see the Cardinals win one more World Series before I pass away." Yeah. So yeah, but they won it like seven uh, years before, so it's not like <laughs> they had a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Don't be greedy, Yale. All right, come on. <laughs> when it comes to sports, I'm absolutely greedy. Yeah, I get that. We all are. I, I get that. Championships forever. <laughs> I, I get that absolutely. Um, well, I think that people listening are going to kill us because we keep talking about sports, and uh, I'm sure they want to hear about. Uh, yes. JL8. Uh, Bob, you had some good questions, so why don't you uh, start sure. off? Well, first one I'd love to ask is, have you ever spoken to DC about doing <laughs> JL8 as a, an all-ages comic? This is a brilliant, brilliant use of these characters in a very you know classic setting. What do you think? Real book? Um, well, I guess I kind of have spoken to a couple people about it, but it sort of... Um, I guess it kind of keeps falling through the cracks. Mm. Either that or they're just rejecting me and not responding. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it hasn't been like a like a really big deal, like, you know, fly me out to wherever they're at, like sit down and pitch it to them type thing. But uh, I, I have at least run it by a couple editors who I've been introduced to via other, you know, friends who are working professionals and whatnot. So... So I don't know. I mean, it, it's weird because I have a lot of people, you know, telling me that it would be a good idea, but they're all editors at places that can't make it happen. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of look at it as like it's clearly out there. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's not like um, it's not like I have this idea that no one knows about that I'm just kind of shopping around. Like people know what this thing is. So, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, if, if they like it, they're probably going to make a play for it. Right. You know? And, and I mean, not to, not to, I don't want to take like a super passive approach about it because that would be kind of pompous. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, after a while you kind of have to be like, well, I know enough people over there know about it, so it kind of doesn't make sense for me to keep pounding down their door. Right. Like, if if they want to do something with it, they will probably contact me about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still probably going to try, like, one or two more times because I have – because, like I said, I haven't gotten, like, a hard yes or no or anything like that. Right. Um, but, yeah, eventually you just kind of have to say, like, well, I, like, I'm doing my part. I've done, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've produced 115, content. Yeah. I've shown that it's, like, a thing that would work. Yeah. So after, after a while, you just kind of have to be like, well, like, it's kind of in their hands now. So. Yeah. 
absolutely. Because what's what's amazing about it is, and it, it, it's, it can't be easy to do, even though it's one of those things where it, it's it looks simple. But though I remember reading uh, Bill Waterson saying that you know the simple strips are not easy to do. You have to lay everything out perfectly. Balance has to be there, and the balance okay. is there in the art and. In the story, grown-ups can read it, and you could read it to your kids and back and forth, and everyone would enjoy this. No, those are those have actually been my um, my most favorite comments and you know, like private messages that I've received. Um, excuse me, are from men or women who will hit me up and then be like, "Hey, you know, I really like your strip, but so does." my 13 year old son and my seven year old daughter mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. whatever, which, you know, is to me, that's like the, the highest compliment I, I can receive really because, uh, jail, it was very specifically designed to appeal to non-comic readers. Uh, like I, I, you know, I, I make no bones about that. Um, and I'm glad that I've either had people, tell me that they don't really generally read superhero comics, but they really like the strip, which means that I'm doing that right. And also that, you know, it, it is running the entire um, family, familial age, age range of appeal. Cause that's also important to me. Cause you know, it's um, growing up in the early nineties with kind of like the, the cartoon Renaissance that was, you know, like, Fox and kids WB and everything. Um, sort of the hallmark it, for me as a creator is something that might be for all ages, but the parents or older siblings or whatever aren't going to be wanting to you know blow their head off <laughs> while the younger people watch it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, I, I want it to be a thing where people that would normally read comics who, who are going to be adults. I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. At this point in time, the primary readership of comics is adults. Mm -hmm. um, feel comfortable sharing it with their kids. And it's not so sophisticated that it goes over their kid's head. Because as much as I like, you know, I can't wait to let my kid, when I have a kid, read Kingdom Come but he's going to have to wait until he's probably like 12 to read it. Not because it's like mature, but otherwise it's just going to go over his head. Like he's not going to understand it. Um, so yeah, that that's always been a big deal for me that it appeals to at least all ages, if not all kinds of people. Yeah. I mean, one of our listeners, he actually wrote in and he's, uh, his name is Leonardo Nieves. And he said that him and, and his girlfriend love JLA and his, his girlfriend is not a comic reader like he is, but now all she does is talk about her favorite character, which is Bruce. Uh, and she now is go to the, now goes to the comic shop with him. And she recently picked up, you know, some Wonder Woman trades and he had asked, he was going to ask, you know, do you get a lot of casual fans or mostly hardcore fans, you know, writing into you? About I've it. got absolutely no idea mm. um, because that's not really something that like pops up right yeah on, <laughs> you know like a Facebook profile mm -hmm. as it were I mean I guess I guess on Twitter you can kind of tell because people that are like really really into comics will have it as part of like their you know bio or right. whatever but honestly like I don't know I mean I, I do have people that are like oh you know like I've been reading comics since I was X years old and you know now I'm 
greater number X years old. And, you know, this is one of my favorite things I've ever read and, you know, all that stuff. But generally I get a lot of just messages that are, you know, pretty neutral that, just, that are just like, I really like your comic. And I'm like, cool. Right. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, the goal is to appeal to both. Um, and honestly, maybe even appeal more to the casual fans because I, I would really like for JL8 to be something of a gateway mm-hmm. for people to then go and pick up, you know, quote unquote, more sophisticated comic literature, as it were, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or, you know, just get involved in, in I don't really like to say comic culture because I think the whole culture thing is really divisive and gets tossed around too much. And that goes for all cultures, not just comic mm-hmm. culture. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I just want people to, you know, look at comics the way that they look at m- movies and music and books. Like, you can be, in, you don't have to be hardcore into it to be into it. Like, you can go and pick up Batman and have that be the only comic you read and, you know, you're, you're fine. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Spider-Man or something. I don't know. Right. But, Yeah. Um, and we had another listener, uh, Samuel Moon. He says, first, he wants to thank you for JLA because it's one of the most fun things he's ever read. And every time he sees a new one posted, his day gets a thousand percent better. Um, and he wants to ask, you know, we talked about, you know, why you're not doing it for DC, but he wants to know how you got the idea to start it in the first place. Um, that's a pretty bland answer, actually, which <laughs> is just that I was at, I, w- I was working one day um, at my dad's warehouse, which is a pretty... I don't want to say mindless job, but it's, it's a lot of repetitive work. So your mind just kind of wanders and really just kind of popped in there. Not, not fully formed, but just like the idea of the justice league kind of like getting into hijinks on a playground. And then it pretty quickly evolved from there into like, Oh, you know, like they're a class of kids, you know, like, you know, a, a school class that, you know, attend the same elementary school and, I mean, that, that's really kind of the all it's about, you know, mm-hmm. when you boil it down to like a synopsis, everything else is just what the stories themselves are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. How did you then select uh, what cast you were going to use? How did you pick which characters you were going to use to move forward with this? Well, because because they're kids, um, I've always had a really soft spot, really large soft spot for the Silver Age. And I feel like the Silver Age, at least how it's, you know, viewed in hindsight, really sort of reflects the uh, kind of like tone and atmosphere that I was going for with JLA. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a child-friendly or childlike period in comics where you had like Zebra, Batman, and, you right. know, just goofy, really nonsensical, crazy, imaginative stuff. You know, everything wasn't about... Somebody getting raped or somebody getting murdered. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. there's a brain in a jar on top of a giant robot. We need to beat it up. And it's yeah, like, exactly. Like, I'm all about that. And, you know, because of that, it was like, well, the original Justice League are essentially the one, you know, like the the, the pallbearers of the Silver Age. That, ooh, that's morbid. But um, that, That's a great turn of phrase. I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you know they like they are the Silver Age. Like even though Marvel came into its own in the Silver Age, to to me like the, the Silver Age and the Marvel Age are like two separate things. Yes. Um, but you know Silver Age, it was like Justice League of America with 
you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Barry Allen Flash, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, you know, John Jones, Martian Manhunter, and then um, because Diana would have been the only girl, I was like, well, I need to get another girl in there, and Power Girl is a pretty functioning member of the Justice Society, mm -hmm. so let's draft her in to um, into JLA. And also, I'll be the first to admit, I, I didn't know anything about Power Girl, other than she's essentially like the you know poster child for fan service in superhero mm -hmm. comics. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I could have a lot of fun with that in contrast to Diana, who's, you know, like this kind of intelligent, outspoken, tomboyish character. Like, we all know that um, Karen grows up to be very well-developed <laughs> and, you know, with a blonde bob cut or whatever. And I was like, well, why not make her be kind of a blonde bimbo or whatever? But also prove that just because you're kind of ditzy or whatever, you can still be a good person and, mm -hmm. you know, a respectable human being. Mm -hmm. And which, for that reason, Karen is one of my favorite characters to write, actually. But uh, And then the other stuff just kind of fell into place. Like Julie Schwartz, also yes. the standard bearer for Silver Age. And, you know, the reason that DC kind of is where it is or, or was where it was. So I was like, well, he should be the teacher. And then... You know, Dark Side and Gym Shorts. I was like, well, yeah. I can't pass that up. So, yeah, I'm missing Wildcat as the gym teacher, though. We'll have to bring him back someday. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, picked up on that because, you know, I like to go for those like really subtle nods to comic lore that if you're not a fan of comics, you might not get it, but it doesn't ruin your experience to reading the strip. Um, but it's kind of like a nice little Easter egg for people that get what it means. So, he probably will come back at some point. I don't think in any kind of like main character capacity, but he'll probably show up. Very cool. Now, I quick follow up. Uh, just on that sort of Silver Age idea, there's a moment where they're trying on their sort of new 52 outfits, and that <laughs> goes sort of bad. And when Clark flies away, you know, uh, whenever my best friend Bruce shows up, let him know I went to look for him. <laughs> and it's just such a great criticism where we've gone now from where, you know, we were that Silver Age. If there was a Silver Age character you could do a straight book with, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. I'm probably going to have to go with that because otherwise I'm going to sit here and think about it really hard okay. for like an hour. So we'll, we'll have to go with, I don't, I don't know. Because um, really I'm kind of doing it already there you go. With, the, with JL8. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Steve, you want to uh, jump in? Yeah. I got some questions. All right, bring it on. All right. Um, you mentioned early 90s cartoons. I'm curious, uh, were you a fan of Saturday morning cartoons or after-school cartoons? And if you were, what were some of your favorites? I was more of an after-school cartoon kid um, just because you watch those five days a week. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, I mean, not that I didn't watch Saturday morning stuff, but then, you know, uh, the afternoon stuff would always be more like the action adventure shows. Yeah, totally. I guess. So, I mean, obviously Batman the Animated Series is pretty much like the best the, thing ever. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the zenith of, of all that. And then, you know, the subsequent 
Superman, the animated series, Batman Beyond, um, mm-hmm. the new Batman Superman adventures. And then, I mean, there was plenty of stuff that I loved as a kid that unfortunately doesn't really hold up as well. But like, you know, the old X-Men show, Spider-Man, that like Fox block mm-hmm. or whatever that they yep. did. And then, you know, uh, some of the comedy stuff. I was like, a, I was a huge Pinky and the Brain fan. Uh, yeah. really, yes. I'll be honest. I was never like really big into Animaniacs. Neither was I. Liked I. It in pieces. Like I liked some of the stuff they did. Like Good Idea, Bad Idea is like one of the funniest freaking things I ever saw. <laughs> yeah. did. But then they do some stuff that I was just like, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. Um, and then, I mean, it's not a cartoon, but obviously Power Rangers. Um, and then, you know, like the stuff that I was into from the late 80s, you know, like Ninja Turtles, the real Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. nice. Transformers, things like that. Classics. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more on the, the technical aspect of the comic. I'm actually uh, in the process of trying to create my own web comic, and I'm curious, what... Um, programs do you use for uh for your art and like for the coloring and the line work and such well the only digital stuff i do is is the color um everything else is traditional uh pencil and ink on bristol board wow uh but the for for coloring i just put it into photoshop cs 5.1 i think is the version that i use which i mean to me it makes no difference because i'm not doing anything fancy with the colors right so I'm sure I could, you know, drop it into any version of Photoshop and pull it off. And when when you say inks, um, are you using pens or a brush? Um, both. I use brush for all the characters, and generally, it, it, it's kind of like a inking 101 that some people adhere to, and then others, you know, consciously break. But basically, anything anything organic you usually do with a brush, and then anything that would be like well, inorganic. So like tables, chairs, mm-hmm. buildings, I, I'll use like tech pens for that stuff generally. Did you go to art school? I did. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia, also known as SCAD. Mm. <laughs> and did you always, you know, want to be a comic book artist or did you go there intending for something else? Well, I, I've probably always wanted to be a comic book artist going, you know, way, way back, like to kindergarten, maybe. Um, but I actually went to SCAD to study being an animator. So while I was at SCAD, I actually majored in animation, um, and didn't do any comic work except for stuff that I would just like do for fun on the side. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Hmm. Cool. Um, just to put it out there, let me, when we're done, I want to ask you what, um, what brands and everything that you use, just remind <laughs> me of that. Um, so I actually, I want to know, uh, how much time do you dedicate, uh, to the web comic each week and do you block off specific periods of time for the writing and the art or do you kind of just do it all together? Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think like how much time I spend. I don't know. Like I need to. I'll be the first to admit this. I, I, I was on a pretty solid schedule for a long time, and then it's kind of slipped away. But I, I, I really badly need to get back into that. Um, the strips vary really severely on how much time they take. Uh, because, you know, sometimes I'll just do literally like a four-panel thing, like the uh, like number 17 where they're, you know, playing Spider-Man down the hallway mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the 
obviously more involved ones, like um, like the one where Barry kind of s- sneaks up on Jekko the Clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, you know, that was like three tiers worth of panels. Right. Probably like 15 or 16 panels. So the strips themselves, in terms of like drawing and inking and stuff, can take anywhere from probably like as quickly as maybe like three to four hours to as long as maybe like 12. Oh, wow, wow. Um, obviously all depending, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't even, I, it, it's impossible for me to try and calculate how long it takes to write them just because, uh, you know, like we're currently in this like big Diana's birthday party sequence mm-hmm. or whatever. And really I kind of have all of it written out in terms of like what needs to actually happen, but then you have to like break it down into actual individual strips that right. will work ideally as standalone. Like I know that when you're this deep into an arc, sometimes it's impossible to come up with like a completely standalone thing. But, um, and you know, that can take sometimes like, I don't know, maybe like an hour, hour or two. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's usually not that hard. The, the time consumption is really in like figuring out the dialogue and all that stuff. Right. So, oh, good to know. Yeah, very much. Now, when you're writing this, I mean, obviously you, you know, I've been asking you. It seemed like you've been a fan of comics for a very, very long time. Uh, when you're writing these characters, though, did you are you just pulling from kind of your base knowledge of what you've read, or do you actually go back and do research on the characters uh, in order to kind of flesh them out more? It's it's mainly base knowledge, mm-hmm. and I I kind of prefer to keep it that way. Okay. I mean, unless it's something that, like, I I know, like, a nugget of something that I want to use as a story element, but, like, I know that I need to know more about that aspect of the character, mm-hmm. or else somebody's going to call BS on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, because at the same time, you don't want to, co- you know, fly completely by the seat of your pants, because then it'll come across as either, in- well, it'll definitely be inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And it might also seem like you've stopped caring a little bit. Because I think one of the reasons people appreciate JLA is because it feels kind of like a labor of love or whatever. I mean, obviously it is because it's for free. Right. Um, but, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think like the best way to word this. But I think I think you guys kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. So. Very clear. Um, Bob? Sure. In the middle of all that, in terms of your characters being on model, we've had a couple of moments. The one where uh, where Clark wants to run in to tell his parents about you know what a great day he's had, and we see you know young Bruce you know bowing his head in a shadow, walking home by himself. Or when Karen says to Diana, well, "What girl doesn't want to be a princess?" And you see Diana just bow his head. There are depths of emotion here that you, you wouldn't expect to find, and honestly, don't in some cases, and even in the real books. How do you find? The, the balance there, you know, you're, it's, it's right there for all of us to see. And yet it's still funny and charming and everything else. Um, I figured it out from watching a whole lot of Futurama, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, because in like the early to mid two thousands, I could be completely wrong about that time period, but that's what it feels like to me. Um, you started to see, it was kind of like the rise of the dramedy which I still don't really like that term just because it sounds stupid and lazy. But, <laughs> you know, you, you started to have these... And, I mean, admittedly, The Simpsons does have a lot of heart. It just kind of gets lost in the noise 
sometimes because there's so many episodes. But you had these shows that were generally like really, really funny, like Scrubs, like Futurama, um, and even, you know, movies and stuff, much like the Judd Apatow films. Yeah. Um, but they would just punch you right in the gut every once in a while with like some really heartfelt stuff, which to me as, you know, an audience member, I always thought that that was really, really powerful and really, really cool because otherwise you have a movie that, or TV show or whatever, that's just completely funny and you don't really care about what happens to any of the characters in terms of like an emotional investment. Cause obviously it's, I never really worry about the well being of anybody on Seinfeld, but I still laugh like a, you know, idiot <laughs> at Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. Um, or it's just so freaking heavy that it almost, you know, reeks of self-importance and kind of fakeness in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost turns into like a like an art house, art kid film where it's just like everything has meaning. Oh, <laughs> woe is me. And you're just like, shut up. This is boring. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's always best to strike a balance because life is a balance. Like, you laugh when things are funny because you know it's funny because at the same time you have other things that are sad. And you know that they're sad because other things are funny. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of a juggling act. but And, and it is tough to know exactly how, how to pull it off because you don't want to go too far in one direction or the other because you might kind of fall, fall out of balance. Um, but generally, it's kind of like I'd say for every – you know, three parts funny. I'd even go five parts funny. Do like one part drama or whatever. Because a little bit of drama goes a long way. Mm. You know, drama's kind of like the onions and funny is kind of like the tomatoes. Like you can, you can put a lot of tomatoes on <laughs> there's a burger. A, there's a quote. <laughs> you know, you can put a lot of tomatoes on a burger and like they're all, they're going to be delicious or at least to me because I love tomatoes. But like you don't need... You know, if you have four tomatoes on a burger, you don't need four onions on a burger because those four onions are going to take that burger over. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to, you know. And it makes sense because onions make you cry. So onions, oh. are, onions are the drama. There Topping's you go. Topping's analogies. Yeah. I love it. I'm writing this down. Onions are the drama. Well, I mean, I want, tomatoes I want, are the funny. Being a sandwich maker at a Panera Bread for two years. <laughs> there you go. No, this is a Cafe Press t-shirt waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so are you, uh, are you a reading, do, do you still read comics? You still go to your shop every, every week and buy books. And if you do, like what, what books are you reading? Um, I don't go every week because right now I don't have a car. Um, mm. but I do go as, as frequently as I can. And really, man, I am reading so much Marvel right now cause they yeah. are doing such an awesome job Yeah. with, excuse me, with the Marvel now stuff. Um, the really standout book, books, but mainly book to me is Thor: God of Thunder. Yeah, like, sorry, that book is so freaking ridiculously good. Like I can't even handle it. And then like th- th- these have got to be the best X books that have come out in a long time. Like I haven't been this excited to read an X Men title, and I'm referring to pretty much all of them. Like yeah. all new X Men is really good. Uh, Uncanny is the one that. Bendis and Bocciolo are doing, I think. Yeah, yes. That one, that one's really cool. Mm-hmm. That one, the story is not really gripping me as much, but Chris Bocciolo, like, I'm not going to pass it up. <laughs> um, Daredevil's consistently good. 
Um, FF is turning into a really pleasant surprise, like the future Foundation one, not actual Fantastic Four. Right. Because uh, I bought that really mainly just to get some Mike Allred in my life. <laughs> but it's, it's turned into like a really cool comic. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other. Indestructible Hulk has been an amazing read. Like that's a really cool take on the Hulk character um, that I certainly haven't seen done before. And yeah, it's definitely different. That, that, that's really cool. Hell, uh, Hellboy in Hell, yeah. because we all need a little bit more Mike Mignola in our lives. We got the and, same pull list. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, I... God, I could look at those books for forever. Mm-hmm. Like, he and Dave Stewart just work so well together that I, like... I just, like, can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> um, Obviously, I'm, le- I'm reading Luther Strode because it's awesome and I have backup work in it, so I'm going to buy it to look at my own work. Um, And what else? I feel like there's at least one or two more, but... Um, Are you uh, reading Hawkeye? I am reading Hawkeye, Mm. yeah, Mm. and that is also awesome. And then, I well, actually, I guess I'll I'll throw this one out there as kind of a plug because it came out today, and, and today would be the Tuesday the 19th, I guess, for the people that are going to be listening yeah, to this yeah. in the future yeah, <laughs> um, was the private eye, that new digital comic that Brian K Vaughn and Marcos Martin put out today. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we were talking about that on our, on our prior show, but yeah, that it was great, right? Yeah, no, I was, I was blown. I mean, I'm a huge Marcos Martin fan to be, begin with. I mean, I, I like Brian K Vaughn a lot too, but I mean, I'm an artist, so I generally follow art, you know, but uh, no, that was really, really cool. And I'm glad that they're, you know, going that, pay what you want route. I hope it works out for him. I mean, I, I, I kicked him, you know, some cash and I, I hope that other people do too. And aren't just going to like, here's a penny nonsense. <laughs> people do that. Like yeah. people do do that. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just be like, you know what? Just take the freaking thing. Don't right. insult me by giving me a penny. Right. Like freaking douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually haven't had it happen to me personally, um, but I've had like a lot of friends who have had it happen, and like that just, I just seethe at that. Like that just, oh my god, I will slap the mouth off your face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, because you have a a book that you're selling as well, and it's a similar deal, right? Are you doing pay what you want for gifting? I am actually. it's admittedly that's a little bit of a misnomer um the the site that i use to sell it gumroad it doesn't go below a dollar gotcha. so pay whatever you want as long as it's at least a dollar um <laughs> which I, I mean i think is fair it's very fair yeah but um yeah i did have one dude i think buy it for a dollar and one cent which i was <laughs> like you could have just paid a dollar yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know but but yeah um and it's called gifted and it's available i want to say at gumroad.com slash gifted lol maybe okay if not you can find it on like my facebook for uh yale stewart and we'll we'll put the link to it in in the post on the website at talkingcombooks.com so if you guys are getting the podcast from the site uh and not on itunes uh go there and you'll have the link to the comic right in there oh why don't you tell them what gifted's about yeah Oh, um, it's a little bit NSFW, I guess. Uh, basically it's, I mean, it's like a pseudo autobiography, but it's like a comedic autobiography about 
kind of like the adventures that me and my buddies would get into while we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- that's more like the broad what Gifted will be about. Um, the original, like what's available on Gumroad, is basically it's just me making a comic about like the first really big high school party I ever went to, and it was about me and my buddy, and you know, kind of trying to pick up girls and you know get drunk and all that stuff. But it's 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 lighthearted and goofy, and you know, I think it's kind of funny. But <laughs> you know, if other people don't, then that's understandable because it's not really for everybody. But you know, it's kind of dazing confusity. A little bit Scott Pilgrimy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool, very cool. Um, so, Bob, do you have any other questions? Sure. Uh, I, I don't know how far people have gotten into the strip, so I'm going to try to be spoilery here. <laughs> but around uh, the middle of the run, in issue seventy, you have a rather large guest appearance by a very famous author who's now running a bookstore. <laughs> Did you talk to him about that before or since? Um, I have since. In in very brief passing i mean i haven't like skyped the guy or whatever <laughs> um yeah i mean it was one of those well because i sort of set the precedent with the teacher being julius shorts that maybe like the adults that populate this world are significant figures in like wow. dc history like creator wise um and i was like well who better to run the bookstore than neil this... gaiman yes um I guess you could argue Mark Wade, but I think I have a better use for him in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I honestly I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I know that Neil is hugely popular and everything, but I didn't really think that people were going to like freak out about the fact that he was in the comic, um, which I'm glad for. You know, I'm, I, I was really happy that people thought it was like a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I did not anticipate people blowing up his Twitter (laughs) being like, Hey, you're in this comic because then I started to get a little bit nervous. I mean, I don't like, I don't know Neil, but at the same time, I've never really looked at him as like a particularly mean person, but you know, I didn't want him to to think that it was kind of like a ploy to have my signal boosted by him or anything like that. Because literally I was just doing it because I thought it was, appropriate for the story i thought it'd be funny mm-hmm. so i i tweeted at him and i was like hey man you know like uh <laughs> i'm you know i see that you've you know seen the 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 your your cameo appearance in my in my comic and you know, I, I just wanted to say that like i'm really glad that you think it's cool or whatever and you know he was like oh yeah you know it, it's it's great and i even went back and read the other strips and they're they're great too which that meant a lot. That that, sure. that that did mean a lot to me that, you know, he took the time to actually like go check out the rest of it. I don't know if he checked checked out like the whole thing, but you know. And then um since I kind of started this little uh you know, dialogue with him, I was like, Well, I know that Neil in the comic is going to recommend something to Clark to buy. Mm-hmm. Why not actually ask Neil what he would recommend to Clark to <laughs> wow. buy? Mm-hmm. So I messaged him on Tumblr. I was like, hey, Neil, um, you know, I basically just told him what I told you guys. And he was, you know, he, he gave me a couple of suggestions as what he thought would be good. And Anya's ghost was one of them. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? So, so that's what I used. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, a that, cool little Easter egg right there. Yeah. 
That's very, very cool. Um, you know, you mentioned real quick, uh, you mentioned uh, loving uh, Marcos Martin's art. What other artists are you, do, do you love? A lot of them. A lot actually. of them. Um, I mean, one of the first ones that comes to mind would be Koipel. Just because, I mean, who who doesn't love Koipel? Yeah, like his work is so like on another level. It's that he's he's a really nice guy. Um, Koipel, Jay Lee is on some next level nonsense <laughs> right now. With I, I don't I don't care what your opinion is of Before Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> like what he was doing in the Ozymandias book was crazy. Like. <laughs> It was blowing my mind. Um, Darwin Cook is obviously oh. up there. Bruce Tim is obviously up there. Uh, I really like Stuart Eminem a lot. Um, who else? Mike Allred, Paulo Rivera, Joe Quinones. Um, I already kind of talked about Chris Bocciolo a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, do, 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 do. I'm a huge John Romita Jr. Actually, John Romita Jr. and Sr. fan. Um, although I haven't really been digging what he's been doing lately. I, I will say that. Yeah, it's, and we've all had that same opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Isad Ribic has been really amazing on God of Thunder, for sure. Yes. Um, and then, well, oh, well, you know, Lenal U right, is yeah. awesome. Uh, Jim Chung is awesome. I mean, there, like, there's so many really, really talented guys working right now. And uh, no offense to DC, but like, especially over at Marvel, mm-hmm. like, they are just trotting out amazing artist after amazing artist after amazing artist. And like, almost every book I oh, D- David Asia, yeah, like. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you know, like the the heir to the Mazzucchelli throne, I guess, because his work really is very Mazzucchellian, yeah. or at least circa you know like Born Again and Year One, mm-hmm. which I'm, I I love that stuff. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly I could go on and on and on about favorite artists because there's so many, especially now like with the internet, mm-hmm. you know, you just find you know you just like hop on Tumblr and your mind just gets blown by how much quality art. Like I just bought the Wreck-It Ralph art book. Mm-hmm. Man, there is some stuff in there that would, you know, turn your mind inside out <laughs> from like a, from like a character design standpoint and uh-huh. stuff like, God, the talent that some of these people have just, it's, it's like awe inspiring, mm-hmm. which is good because it, you know, it, 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 uh, inspires you to do better. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that about the Marvel and DC thing, and it seems like the Marvel stuff, they give them much more freedom to just, like, they want different styles, and DC is very focused on having a very, like, a very house style to their stuff. A.K.A. a cheap Neil Adams ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Can't follow that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you said it best. Um. Yeah. So the, I mean, yeah. But the Marvel. So we were talking about this this week too. It's just the Marvel stuff has been has been kicking ass uh, lately. It really has. Like, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I I am long past the point of. And I don't mean this in like a derogatory way, but like a fanboyism 
where it's just like I'm gonna buy whatever Marvel puts out because I, you know, like I stopped collecting so long ago mm-hmm. that I don't buy anything unless I feel it's worth my money. Right. Which, which you know isn't meant to sound like pretentious or ivory tower, but it's like I'm not making that much money, so you know you better <laughs> you better impress me if you want my four bucks. Yeah. So in Marvel, it's just like every book I pick up is like give me more of it. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to read more of this, so so yeah, I'm I'm really glad because I I I was done with Marvel for a while. I mean, not completely, but I was like, I'm not buying anything unless somebody you know that I really trust recommends it to me. Mm-hmm. So, but now here I am recommending Marvel books to everybody that yeah, I know there you because go. I'm man, it's it's on point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all, thank you uh, so much for joining us. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can get in contact with you and they can find your stuff as well um okay well i i generally use facebook now for jla more than than tumblr so um for those of you who that and also facebook's really good for fan interaction so Mm -hmm. if you guys want to if anybody wants to like actually drop me a line you know kind of kind of chat me up a little bit uh facebook.com slash jl8 comic lol is a good spot to find me if you're into reblogging stuff and you like Tumblr, you can always go to jl8comic.tumblr.com. And then for non, well, some JL8 stuff, but my other art, you can follow me on facebook.com slash art. And my name is spelled uh, Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, not S-T-U-A-R-T. So I, I'm pretty sure that's all. Oh, and then on Twitter, at Stewart. So... Awesome. Well, thank you once again, y'all, for coming on the show. We all love JL8, and yeah. we look forward to reading it many, many, you know, iterations in the future. Well, I, I hope that it, I'm still doing it many, many iterations <laughs> in the future. Hopefully getting paid to do it, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we, we hope that <laughs> yes. as well. All right, yeah. so for uh, Steve and Bob, I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>